Good evening. Welcome to the Critical Hour. We're coming to you from the capital of the United States of America, Washington, D.C., here on Radio Sputnik. I'm Garland Nixon, standing in for my co-host, Dr. Wilmer Leon, who's off today. For the next two hours, we will explore and analyze the salient news stories that are impacting the global village in which we live. Elon Musk has stated that he will allow former President Donald Trump to return to Twitter. Also, President Biden's disinformation board reminds some of World War I-era propaganda and persecution of dissent. Joining us now to discuss this subject is James Carey. James James is the host of the Left is Dead podcast, which you can find at leftisdead.com. James, welcome back. Oh, good to be here, as long as we're allowed to be here, I guess. Exactly. Well, we can be here. We just have to be silent the whole time because, you know, right. we might say something that's unacceptable. So let's start with this. What do you what do you think about the Musk Trump Twitter thing? So Elon Musk is saying, you know, it's wrong. Trump should not have been, you know, uh, stopped from being on Twitter. What are your thoughts? I mean, I just think this is Elon's kind of ploy to, you know, be in the spotlight as always. This is not to um, different from anything else he does. Obviously, he's buying Twitter as a started as a joke, and here we are, you know. Um, but I think Elon understands the crowd he's appealing to now. And I, but I think they'll be disappointed if, if and when he takes over. I'm not 100% confident he will at this point. But I don't know. I, I think that he's right. I don't know that Trump should have been banned. He was the president after all. He's the first president to be banned from Twitter, and um, I, I just wonder that. The people putting their faith in Elon at this moment, I feel it's a bit foolhardy because I don't trust him to actually do anything. I'm not 100% confident he'll actually go through with the purchase of Twitter at this point. I certainly agree with you. I think, you know, people, it's kind of like an any port in a storm feeling where yeah. people are afraid, they're concerned, they see, you know, kind of a totalitarian state taking place and they see one person say something. He says the right thing. Hey, I think we should have free speech. I'm buying Twitter. And people are like, all right, I'll let Trump back on. And we hear the, oh, and I call them the fascists, the ultra liberals now saying, oh my God, he might allow free speech. He might allow people to to say things that are not allowed to be said. This is terrible. And to, uh, part of it is watching the reaction from the ultra liberals. And that's what I call them. I mean, if ultra nationalists are fascist, then ultra liberals, in my opinion, are fascist, just a different strain of fascism to watch their reaction. I think, uh, unfortunately, and maybe even inappropriately, it inspires some people to support Musk and say and and believe that he's going to do the right thing. I'm not saying that he will or won't. Well, time will find out because they're like, they're like, well, if those people hate him, he must be doing something right, James. Yeah, I think so. And that is really, that's a lot of our politics now, isn't it? It's just, I'm making the other side mad. Um, and my concern about Musk is, you know, again, this is the guy who bids for contracts alongside Jeff Bezos to the U.S. government. Um, he's a guy who shuts down union organizers anytime they appear in his factories. So he's not really any type of free speech warrior, obviously, you know, and he's no type of anti-government crusader. And I just think that it's foolish to put your faith in them. But, yeah, a lot of people, it seems like their politics are what will make my opponent most angry. And I think a lot of people have mistakenly attached themselves to Musk through that. It's foolish to trust him because, like I said, this man is deeply connected to the United States government. You know, this, this will be a government outlet, basically, because of how much money he receives from the federal government. So I, I don't trust him to actually be responsible. His methods for what he plans to do with Twitter seem unlikely, like getting rid of ads and trying to be in every country still while making free speech here. Um, 
But yeah, I think we put our, a lot of faith in these people. It's just like Donald Trump. I'm not a real believer in Donald Trump, but some people were, and some people liked him just because he made the other side angry. Uh, I think it's foolish to put your faith in billionaires, period, obviously. But I, I think that we have, we have this politics now where it's just, I want to, that's why a lot of people want back on Twitter. They're tired of not being able to own their enemy on a social media platform because they're all stuck on Gab or whatever. Politico.com has an interesting article, Why Biden is in Danger of Replicating Woodrow Wilson's Propaganda Machine. The administrator's new disinformation board is falling into all the same traps as a disturbing World War I initiative. I will say this. The article makes some good points, but still around the edges, if you read it, it still has this idea that it may be okay to have this thing as long as they define it a little better, as long as they clarify the role. And I think that's in, in error. Anyway, your thoughts on the comparison to World War I, to Woodrow Wilson's um, uh, CPI, and the Gary Poppins and the disinformation board. Yeah, this, the author of this piece, um, John Maxwell Hamilton and uh, Kevin R. Kosar, I saw that they put, you know, they were not confident in who was appointed to lead the disinformation board, right? Right. They're, well, we want someone more even keeled and who doesn't, who hasn't made partisan comments, you know, um, there's been comments about Hunter Biden being Russian disinformation, the laptop and everything. They want someone even keeled, but I think there are a lot of, there's, one, there's nobody like that in the United States. It's impossible. Anyone to reach that position of power wouldn't be nonpartisan. It's like saying the Supreme Court is nonpartisan. And, but I do think they are right that this does kind of yearly, you know, reek of World War One. Um, and I want to say this is the, the radical liberals or kind of people who support this because they're so afraid of Russian disinformation or whatever. Uh, you know, it'll be if you're like a, if you consider yourself a leftist and you're among these liberals, you will be silenced at some point. And we're seeing the equivalent of digital Palmer raids right now. This is what's happening to like Mint Press and Consortium News when they cut off their PayPal. Right. This is. The same thing as the Palmer raids when they came in and busted up socialist presidents. The actual voices that are going to be punished the most, and we see it now that there's a real war going on that the United States cares about, are anti-war voices, are people who don't want to start more aggression in Europe now, essentially. All of a sudden it's important because it's Europe, I guess. We could talk about Yemen, we could talk about Syria, as long as we didn't get too popular, but now everyone cares about Ukraine. So I see a lot of similarities because there are, I mean, we've already seen independent media shut down since 2016. They've all been kicked off social media. They've all had to find new revenue streams or just they disappeared. So the raids have started. I mean, it's just digital now. I, and I don't think anyone in charge of that, whether they're Republican or Democrat, honestly, is going to do anything to protect real anti-war voices because somebody with any type of actual fairness isn't going to be put in a position that high. There's no way you can find someone nonpartisan and put in a position that high because they've gotten to that position by doing you favors. Just as it said, you know, Wilson's guy, Creel, did by writing great stuff about him during the campaign. You know, one of the thing issues I have with this discussion, this style of discussion in this particular article in Politico is there is an implication, there's an inherent implication in it that the U.S. is an honest actor, that the U.S. government is somehow trying to do the right thing. They say, to be clear, a democracy p depends on the government's provision of facts, whether trade statistics or transparency on what it is doing. The United States empire has completely gone to the, you know, I mean, has completely moved to lying and 
and squashing dissent and squashing information. So we, what we have is a war on critical thinking, a government that literally says we're going to put out lots of lies. And if anybody says something that's true, we're going to stop. We're going to call it in disinformation and stop them and or anything that goes false or true if it goes outside of our narrative or it harms, harms our narrative. So what we have here is not an honest player and an honest actor that in any way, shape or form would try to stop this information. What we've got is a bias actor that's working to stop alternative narratives. And they don't come out and say this in that article, James. Yeah, exactly. And that's what they're up against. You know, it is what is propaganda besides an opinion they don't agree with. I mean, we know that, as I mentioned, Mint Press and Consortium News, those aren't media outlets connected to Russia in any way, but they were shut, you know, they're cut off from their funding. And we know that this is happening because they're offering an alternative narrative to the Ukraine war. And I see that being the biggest, you know, there's a huge danger to them. And we talk all the time about how the U.S., the global system, you know, the global market system is basically play by our rules or you'll be kicked out of it and destroyed. And that's apparently what, you know, the information is now part of the market. Since everyone is online, information is now valuable. And I see the U.S. trying to dominate that just as they've dominated the narrative around the world and dominated the world's economic system with Western capitalism. I think that they're trying to do the same with information now. And that is how it always is. It's framed as, well, the New York Times is fact-checking. The Washington Post is fact-checking. These imperial outlets tied deeply to the state with, you know, ex-CIA agents on the payroll. It, people like MSNBC telling you the truth is ridiculous. Uh, so there is this sort of world narrative that's being framed by the U.S., and I don't even think some of our allies in, like, Europe agree with it at this point because we have done so much damage to everyone. And I think that if we control information, too— we're going to continue to do damage to other people, and you'll see other countries sort of reject this framework setup because this is going to be another point of contention with countries you know we're kind of on the margins with as far as our relationship goes. This will become a point of contention because we'll be telling them, you know, you can't do X, Y, or Z, or you can't say X, Y, or Z, or we'll punish leaders for saying something wrong. You know, as far as if we're going to be measuring what's true or not, how when does that stop? Once again, the article is in Politico, and it's called Why Biden is in Danger of Replicating Woodrow Wilson's Propaganda Machine. Here's an interesting, let me find it. This is an interesting paragraph, which I, they say, it's sentence, indeed, if we are going to have a disinformation governance board, its energy should be directed solely to disinformation that indisputably originates from outside of the country. So the bottom line is this. Get rid of the word, uh, the, the first three letters, because what they're saying is information that dis indisputably originates from outside of the country. Not here's the thing, not false information, not fake information. What they miss again, and I think it's intentionally because if it's American Enterprise I Institute, I'm sure they've got their eye on Hezbollah, Hamas, whatever is disinformation, anything that's said or BDS. But my point is that. What they're really saying is we're okay with the idea of suppressing dissent. We just want to make sure it's only in the areas that we think are important. Yeah, it's going to be, like you said, it's the counter narratives, and that's what they're really targeting. And we know what that ends up going to target. You know, we know it'll end up targeting anti-Zionists. It'll target leftists. It'll target anti-war activists, anyone who's anti-capitalist, you know. And um, I think that seeing them say – any information, what is information from outside the country? Like, does that count as, well, an American published something that we think is based on information that originated outside the country? Can I comment on information that originated outside the country? Or is that illegal because I got information from outside the country, you know? So I think that 
saying information too, and not really explaining what that means. Does that mean well, RT is going to be banned? You know, what does that entail? And that's the scary thing about this because I don't know what it entails because they, we've seen this done before, where media outlets would publish something critical of the U.S. narrative, and they would be you know called Russian disinformation or linked to it, or at best uh, useful idiots for Russian disinformation. Which actually I would say is that worst because it's the most insulting one. But that's you know these slanders are kind of put against people, and they're told you know you publish a counter narrative, and that was it. And so getting information from outside the country, having a counter narrative from people in these war zones or things like that, that is what I think they're going to criminalize. It's just anyone trying to access information and trying to even just repeat that information out loud will be punished by this. And I think that's what they're looking for, and it just any way to squash whatever they don't agree with inside the United States. You're 100%. Tulsi Gabbard says, this is the kind of thing you see in dictatorships, the ministry of truth. I think that to me, and we only got about a minute, I'll get this from you. It's not necessarily just about a dictatorship. A totalitarian government, such as the one that we have now, is centered around an ideology or ideas as opposed to a dictator. It's not one person. It's the woke ideology. It's the neoliberal, neoconservative conservative ideology. One minute, your thoughts. Yeah, I think that everyone just kind of reaches consensus where it's, well, this is it. This is the neoliberal way. Now that we've had Trump, right, it's just defend the Clinton, the Clintonite order. We have to keep the Clintonite order intact. Uh, yes, it was better before that, but now all we can do is hold. And I think that's a conservative position. It's a conservative position to try and just hold on to a bad system because you're afraid of a worse one. So any liberal doing that is actually, they are conservative now. I, I'm sorry. But yeah, I think that's what we'll see more of. Well, and I argue fascism for this reason. The thing about, interesting thing about fascism is it borrows. Fascism borrows rhetoric from the left. It borrows rhetoric from the right. It borrows rhetoric from populism. Fascism borrows rhetoric from anywhere because none of it is genuine. So it says whatever it needs to say to, to get you to follow the follow it. And I just, I make the argument now that this ultra-liberalism that we have is just fascism with a flower on its lapel instead of, you know, a white hood or a Nazi uh, uh, swastika. But, of course, we apparently, unfortunately, we got yeah. those, too, now. So thanks a lot. We've been talking with James Carey. He's the host of the Left is Dead podcast. And you can find that at leftisdead.com. You're listening to The Critical Hour on Radio Sputnik. I'm your host, Garland Nixon. More on the other side. Stay tuned. 